Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Supermarcado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. And my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. You know, I just realized this is the first Halloween episode where I didn't start with like a goofy over the top (laughs) laugh. Oh, wow. I think you're growing out of that. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, this is an incredibly exciting uh, episode because we're joined by our very good friend, Tim Turry of Game Informer. Tim, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's Absolutely. It's like Dracula. You know, you guys can't keep me back. <laughs> you, you can't keep me away. That's exactly what it is. You think that you got me done, you have to deal with me again, and then uh, <laughs> you guys do another Castlevania episode. I got to be I gotta be resurrected for that. You know, after last year, we had that two-part Castlevania episode, and we're going to do another spooktacular installment of Castlevania today. We just can't imagine doing these without Tim. Uh, you know, Tim's such a big fan of the series, and especially the music in the series, so it's only fitting that we have Tim back for this episode. This is going to be a blast. Well, it's a huge honor. Any excuse to have you on back on the show, man. This is fun. So this is actually, I think, uh, two weeks in a row of having uh, guests on the podcast. That's true. Last week we had Emily, and uh, this week we have Tim. And That's I think relatively, next... relatively unprecedented because, I, I mean, I think that we don't often uh, you know, I mean, we've we've had a lot of people on the show. It's not, but yeah, it's, it's once in a while that we do usually it. Usually spaced um, out. Yeah, so next week after, you know, if you guys listen to this when it comes out, next week starts the wonderful Nintendo month. So I don't think we're going to have any guests that whole month, uh, but that's going to be very exciting. But I think we should get to the music. So what we're doing today, guys, is this is just a standalone episode. We're going to play music from five different titles in the Castlevania series, starting with Symphony of the Night and kind of moving past that. I guess in some ways you could call these titles the Metroidvania um, entries, you know, Symphony of the Night really kind of established a new type of gameplay for the series. So for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, all the games that we're featuring music from today have that type of a gameplay, starting with Symphony of the Night and then moving on to the GBA and the DS. Yeah, absolutely. Like this was a turning point for a series that was kind of turning stale. Like Resident Evil has Resident Evil 4 that sort of reinvigorated that series. Yeah. And Sym- Symphony of the Night was absolutely that. It was, you know... Um, Directed by Koji Igarashi, who has now gone on to kickstart Bloodstained, right. Ritual of the Night, and and these are he touched at least every, one part of all of these games. Uh, yes, he to did to some level, and uh, he's got his, his stamp on him. Some people call him Igavanias, even. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the games that we're going to be featuring the music of today: Symphony of the Night, Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin. 
in order of ecclesia they're all wonderful soundtracks and we'll once we kind of go through them we'll probably share which of ours which of these are our personal favorites well but, i think what's kind of fun about this is we i think it was episode seven was our original castlevania episode and i actually yeah. put that playlist together because out of the two of us carl and myself i was definitely probably a bigger fan of the music of this series but really my experience with the games only extends to the nes and super nes castlevania games i mean i've never really played Dracula X, but uh, as far as uh, the first three in Castlevania 4, I've played those sure. and I really enjoy those. Um, but when it co- when it came to, you know, I mean, we never um, had a PlayStation growing up, so I never played Symphony of the Night. And uh, I, I think we may have played, you know, one of the GBA games or something. Um, but still, that was relatively kind of unknown. And what's so cool is having Tim on is I think this is more uh, his area of expertise. I mean, he's such a huge fan of the entire series. But Tim, would it be safe to say that uh, the games on our list today are among your favorite Castlevania games? These are some of the best Castlevania games that were ever made. Uh, Castlevania is one of those rare series where I've played and beaten pretty much every single one of them, mm-hmm. um, including these handheld ones uh, that we're talking about. And that was such a weird thing is that it went from being Symphony, which was you know a console game, and then all the rest of the games in that vein were all handheld, but all of them upheld that that quality. That's awesome. Yeah, well, guys, you heard up top playing in. That was Marble Gallery from Symphony of the Night, which came out in 1997 for the PS1 and was composed by Machiro Yamani. Now, Machiro Yamani composed about maybe 85 to 90% of the entire playlist today. So we're going to play quite a bit more tracks uh, from Symphony of the Night. Let's move on to another track. This is Wood Carving Partida from Symphony of the Night. are listening to Wood Carving Partita, and this is from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, composed by Machiro Yamani. Man, this is an authentic piece of classical music. You know, it gets so close to that era that at times, for me, it kind of feels like, oh, is this actually borrowing, like a pre-existing piece of music? But it's not. This is an original piece of music. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. What What were some of your reactions to hearing this? Well, I think the authenticity in the composition is the biggest thing for me. Uh, the 
it's incredibly clear that Machiri Yamani um, either was already a huge fan of Baroque and classical music, or you know when she began working on the series, she really did her homework and studied a lot of that music because mm-hmm. this is incredibly impressive. I think also you know it's reflected in the instrumentation, having the harpsichord with sort of the string orchestra. It feels reminiscent of like a Baroque sounding orchestra, um, and I yeah. think that's actually going kind of a long a long ways to uh, help create that illusion but I mean even from like a theory standpoint uh, some of the inversions and all the voice leading and everything just really feels solid and completely of the era that they're going for it which I think is really fun because when I think about Castlevania I do think about that classical influence but in the earlier titles it's always kind of in the background and through um, the lens of kind of like a rocking pop music track just with a little bit of nods to you know classical music harmony or melodies or what have you but you know this is really I feel like the first time where we're getting something that feels 100% bona fide classical music well Tim what are your thoughts on this track maybe just starting off with what you think of the track as a piece of music and then um, maybe maybe how it relates to the game if you know at all so I mean I, I want to echo uh, what Will said which is such a cool thing about this song is that it's like a full circle where you know all the Castlevania games borrow something from you know classical to sort of but it's this sort of rock, pop rock feel to it and this is like a full circle to kind of emulating the music that inspired Castlevania's whole sort of musical identity sure so i love that but on top of that uh, this if i'm not mistaken this music plays in the long library section of symphony of the night which is your it's this beautiful wood library with tons of books on the walls and some of the books are coming out and attacking you or casting magic spells at you and it has this very you know royal library feel and right this is the exact kind of music that i would sit down to and in fact i listened to the symphony <laughs> of the night soundtrack while reading like the original dracula years ago and oh that's, that's perfect. perfect this is one of the songs i would click on repeat because it just felt pitch perfect it really is but there's something about the texture of the harpsichord playing this kind of music that you know when you describe it with a library it's it's so perfect to me there's something about the percussive nature of a harpsichord that's different from a piano that to me it, it sounds academic it sounds a little bit erudite you know i i because I, th- I, I well i think part of it is it comes from a time in music when people that had these instruments or often got to hear the music were the the wealthy they were the you know higher class individuals so i do think it has a little bit of the connotation of education and you know more wealth and learning and and that sort of thing and i think that's a really brilliant choice for a library well now we're going to move on to a track that is very different this does not inherently sound like castlevania it's a beautiful track and i kind of wanted to showcase you know a different side of this soundtrack this is nocturne once again composed by machiro yamani
guys are listening to Nocturne. What a beautiful track from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, composed by Machiro Yamani. Wow. Uh, Tim, do you know anything about uh, the context in the game uh, that you can remember for this track? You know, I'm mostly familiar with this song from just listening to the soundtrack on my own. Right. But, you know, what it makes me think of is, boy, would this have been a better end credits song than (laughs) I Am The Wind? Holy yeah. moly, is that true? Wow. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard of I Am The Wind, it's the end credits, uh, and it's just wildly out of place and inappropriate for <laughs> this game. Uh, to be fair, I think, it's, I think it's a beautiful melody and a very well-composed song. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's at the at the worst possible era as far as percussion, um, just it's like smooth jazz accompaniment. Uh, soprano very sax. Yeah, everything about the how the track was um, recorded and arranged and the fact that it was included on a Castlevania game. I mean, this at least, it has that kind of classic Japanese sound to it and the vocals right. and are in Japanese. Uh, it's not nearly as cheesy as, as I Am The Wind. Uh, I'd be curious if anyone is a huge fan of this game. Uh, w- I'm wondering what the context is of this track. I don't think it's an ending. It's funny to me because, I, I don't know, I, I sort of think of, uh, you know, the modern video game audience is, is something that's, like, extremely sensitive to anything kind of, like, cheesy and would just not accept or embrace something like I Am The Wind today. I mean, I know when Destiny came out, like, there were so many people just, like, bashing that Paul McCartney yeah. song that plays in the end. And I love that song. I think it's an yeah, incredible, Yeah, and, and it's a little cheesy, but yeah, you're song. right. Compare but, that you know, I mean, song compare to I Am The that, Wind. But, you know, I mean, compare that, it's like... I, I, it's like most of the people that I know that have like played Symphony of the Night and are big fans of it, they're very defensive of I Am the Wind because I think it's just <laughs> it's part nostalgia. of their childhood. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think that's kind of well. Fun. We have a lot of uh, good music to get to from Symphony of the Night. Now we're gonna move on to this is one of my favorite tracks from Symphony of the Night. You know, there's some of the tracks on today's playlist that kind of feel like good, scary, spooky Halloween music. And this is a track sure. that has a riff. There's kind of this chromatic bell riff that definitely feels fitting for this time of the year. So let's take a listen to Lost Paintings. <laughs> listening to Lost Paintings from Symphony of the Night, composed by Michiro Yamani. Uh, This track is a little bit quirky, because, you know, it has elements of kind of that more creepy feel, but the main section is very pure and pleasing and kind of, you know, reminiscent of of just more maybe stereotypical Japanese video game music. So there's definitely a side of the soundtrack that I gotta say I was not familiar with 
uh, before kind of diving in, um, you know, trying to feature music for this episode. So, yeah, this is a, a lot more diverse soundtrack than I, I think I was giving it credit uh, maybe, you know, in years past. Yeah, I guess I forgot uh, how many beautiful melodies there were. I think this is a gorgeous piece of music. I love this. I think uh, this is an example where you can tell that Machiri Yamani is someone who's coming out of the tradition of old school video game music. She, she, I think she began in this series with Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis, if I'm correct. Sure, yeah. So it sounds like the use of this in the game, it's heard in Reverse Caverns, in Anti-Chapel, as well as uh, Forbidden Library. Those are the areas of the game that this song is heard. Yeah, and, and that's... I like, I like what Will mentioned, which is just pointing out that this is such a different feel from previous Castlevania games, especially if you look at, like, Yamane's Reincarnated Soul and some of her other tracks from mm. from Bloodlines, which are just like I think we listened to Reincarnated Soul when we did the favorites episode uh, together. Um, it's one of my favorite Castlevania tracks, and this is just so different. Uh, and, and something that I love about it in the context of Castlevania Symphony of the Night is you know like the Reverse Caverns and the Anti Chapel. Um, you know they just this song kind of creates this sense of space because of like the yeah. sort of reverberation. And you know you think of a chapel with its high ceilings and you know, a cavern that's just sprawl a sprawling labyrinth is and exploring those. You know, the pace of this game wasn't super fast paced all the time. So this music was a little bit more akin to exploring rather than just well, intense survival. I really envy um video game composers in this whole period or, or really in a, the span of let's say like 20 years from uh, the mid 80s to sort of the mid uh, 2000s uh, because I think uh, composers that were working that time they really got to have so much fun watching as the technology changed and I imagine really having to amp up the sophistication level in a lot of their scores. You know, yeah. you think about someone like Machiro Yamani working on Bloodlines and how it's such a different process for composing a piece of music like that versus something like that wood carving partita or even even this piece you know it's like as the as the video games get more sophisticated as the hardware gets more complex you know your composition has to reflect that and i yeah i really envy that i think that would have been a really fun challenge and it's something that's unique to video games you know and tim mentioned earlier that reincarnated soul and maybe kind of the classic material money style fear not everybody we are going to get plenty of that style in today's episode really in 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 some of those portable entries there's just some absolutely classic sounding castlevania music so now we're going to move on to a really beautiful track this is a nice dance piece it features uh you know mostly performed on the piano this is dance of pearls composed by machiri Mani. this is probably one of the standouts in my opinion of the soundtrack let's take a listen
You guys are listening to Dance of Pearls, and Tim brought to my attention that there's another translation uh, for this track called Dance of Pales, whatever you want to call this track, composed by Machiri Mani. This is beautiful. Tim, let's start with you. What do you think about this track? So I think what's cool about this track is that it sort of evokes this sense of uh, sort of a shaded nobility. Mm. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, you know, maybe a scene with someone dancing with Dracula and there's this Absolutely. sort of romantic <laughs> nature to it, but also this sort of mysterious evil to it. Right. So true. It's like, that's Dracula, right? He's supposed to be sort of handsome, but mysterious and ultimately He's evil. very seductive, though, too, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Will, what did you think about this? I think it's incredibly beautiful. Well, I think that's a great analysis, Tim. I, I very much uh, agree with that on an emotional sense. That's really um, what this track conveyed to me. I think part of it is uh, hearing it in the 3-4 time, it is reminiscent of a waltz, which I think of is romantic in two senses, because I think of the romantic era of classical music is being really sort of the birthplace of the waltz. But also and, just dancing um, the waltz. Exactly. It's also romantic in the literal sense as well. And I think kind of the demonic harmony, some of those chromatic colors and stuff really make it feel evil. I really like how you describe it as a dance with Dracula. Yeah, guys, you know, it'd be fun is if every one of these tracks, we try to distill, you know, what's the overall, if you had to describe it in one word. So I think this one, romantic, is kind of the takeaway of this track. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's try to think about that as we move on in the playlist. Like if we had to distill what these tracks are really about emotionally. I like it. This one's definitely romantic. Cool. Well, now we're going to move on to the last track we're going to play from Symphony of the Night. This is one that definitely would fit on a Halloween playlist. This is Rainbow Cemetery. are listening to Rainbow Cemetery from Symphony of the Night, a really unique piece of music, really fun. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about in this PS1 era, um, production-wise, you hear things that don't hold up, just drowning things in reverb and some of the virtual instruments sound so cheesy. What's lucky about a series like Castlevania is that's appropriate. You want to have things drowned in reverb. You want to have things very wet and massive. And this is a track where really, when you you actually listen to it critically, yeah, it's kind of dated, but for a series like Castlevania, it still works. Totally. I mean, I'm so attracted to this musically. I love... It's great. As sort of a sequence going through that chord progression i find it incredibly catchy for just sort of like an arpeggiated 
sequence. It's well, will you know what? And for I how many notes there are, it's particularly memorable. You know what I particularly loved about this track is it reminded me of NES Castlevania music, something like the Prelude from Castlevania Three. Sure, yeah, I could see that of just kind of having the melody be the arpeggio that's outlining yeah. the chords. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I love that instrument. Tim, what are your thoughts on this? You know, this is another one that. Um plays i believe that this is in the catacombs section of the castle okay and so it's another one that that does a good job of creating this sort of sense of space but something that i love is that after it establishes that sort of like arpeggio that repeating arpeggio um that about halfway through the song you know it starts playing these sort of little bit slightly more like dissonant piano chords and stuff yeah, like almost like cat so cool. across the piano style and just kind of catches you off guard a little bit once you just settle into this maybe familiar lull it's just enough though, because it's not. It doesn't sound bad. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's 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 really good. It's a good balance. So that with that, I think we're going to move on to the next title on today's playlist. Um, you know, we obviously we're skipping around because we're trying to focus on a particular type of gameplay. And there were other entries, like for example, Circle of the Moon was a game I actually loved, and I played oh, yeah. on the GBA. But I don't think that would fit um, in in today's episode. I think that was kind of more of a classic Castlevania experience, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I. I... I'd agree. So now we're going to move on to Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, which came out for the Game Boy Advance in 2003. And we have a few different composers that worked on this soundtrack. We have Michiro Yamani, Takashi Yoshida, and Soshiro Hokai. Now, out of the tracks we're going to play, Michiro Yamani composed all of them. So we're playing three tracks today from Aria of Sorrow. Let's start off with a wonderful piece called The Purgatory Arena. You guys are listening to the Purgatory Arena from Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. This track was composed by Machiro Yamani. This is so proggy. I really like the use of that 6-8 meter. Uh, she's really kind of taking full advantage of, you know, the limited hardware you have on the GBA. She's making it sound great. You know, I, lo- I know a lot of composers really struggled on this system, but you're not hearing those limitations here. You're just hearing very expressive music that in some ways sounds, I don't know, maybe better than what we heard with Symphony of the Night. It's more compressed, but uh, I don't know. As far as the music here, there's just an excitement that you're getting that is just so good. This is definitely more in line with, I think, what people think of when they think of like classic Castlevania music. Yeah. Which which fit really well, you know, this part of the game, like a name like Purgatory Arena. Uh, it's It takes place in her arena, <laughs> but it ends up, that area of the game ends up kind of looking like a dungeon with, you know, swinging blades skeleton warriors and stuff and that sort of driving upbeat uh, sort of determined sound fits really well with 
what is a harder part of the game. Well, it, it reminds me a lot of prog bands of the 70s because a lot of them would use things like, they would use kind of modal uh, techniques in order to, to convey something that sounds like maybe of like the Renaissance period. And that's kind of what I'm hearing here. And, and again, you know, it's just that combination of more modern Western influences such as rock mixed with a lot older influences. Sure. Will, what are your thoughts on this track? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I also agree with Tim that this does sound more reminiscent of classic Castlevania. I think um, there's a lot of points in this track where there's sort of octave melodies in unison, and really the only thing you're hearing is this melodic line. It's very intricate and very noty, and that's something that reminds me a lot of you know NES Castlevania music. I think also a little technique that sounds like organ music is that do bed 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 where maybe like the top note is staying the same, but the bottom note is moving. Moving. Mm. That's something that uh, organ composers in the Baroque period did a lot in the organ. And, I mean, also it's in piano music, too. And it's also um, in other Castlevania soundtracks, you know. You think it's right. like Bloody Tears. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's great because it's it's this idea of it, it makes the texture sound more busy and interesting. But as far as an implementation standpoint on early video game systems, it's very... And I mean on the GBA as well because they had a, a limitation of channels. But uh, it, it's a very economical thing because you're able to sort of get the effect of two pitches at once but you're really oscillating between them and so it not only is it you know um rhythmically more interesting um but it's also harmonically more interesting than just having sort of a scalar line absolutely well i'm excited to move on to a couple more tracks from this wonderful soundtrack now we're going to play a track, uh, and actually what's interesting is I would imagine this would be fairly late in the game because the name of this track is Demon Castle Top Floor. This is again by Michiro Yamani, and what I like about this track is it reminds me of the NES era because it's kind of this dance song. It reminds me of something like Rocky. It's really dancey and rocky, but it has that classical minor key uh, sound to it. So this is it's a fun dancey track. dancey and rock and rolly. And it also sounds like it's from the movie Rocky. Rocky with an E and without an E. Super motivational. Hey, hey guys, I have an idea. Uh, You you know, we were talking about describing songs. Oh, we forgot to do that. No, but here's here's another idea. What if we, for for the rest of the episodes on this playlist, we have to describe them in popular Halloween candies. So (laughs) when we listen to this next track, we have to find a candy. Does this sound like a Snickers? Is this more of a Reese's Mm. song? Because then we tie it into Halloween. Halloween's really all about. What candy. what candy would Purgatory Arena be? Or if you don't want to do that, either what candy or what word would you use to describe Purgatory I mean, pur- Arena? Purgatory Arena sounds like it's the pennies that you get in your... In your... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, a rock a la Charlie Brown. <laughs> now we'll move on to Demon Castle Top Floor. Enjoy. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Demon Castle Top Floor. This is from Aria of Sorrow for the GBA. What a wonderful track. It has that great combination. It really feels like old school video game music because it's catchy, it's immediate, it's fairly simple. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of instruments going on at the same time, but it's really all about having um, really, you know, a catchy melody and an interesting chord progression. And, you know, having that combination of classical and pop is so effective here. And Carl, yeah, you're right. You know, this track takes place later in the game, um, uh, as top floor might indicate. But yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting that there are tracks like this that evoke so much of like the old school vibe of Castlevania, because I don't know if you guys know this, but... The weird thing about um, Ari of Sorrow is that it takes place in 2035. Uh, huh. So it's like set in the future, but you know, Castle, the Castle Castlevania appears once again. Um, so it's like they could have taken the route of having much more, trying to have, you know, quote unquote modern music in there, but they have this kind of classic style. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was, I was noticing on here it said it was in 2035 after a battle uh, where Dracula has been sealed away after a battle in 1999. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly. so interesting. And, and you can have, you know, there's guns and grenades in the game too. So there's like modern wow. weaponry. Well, I think that was inspired probably by uh, some of the Hammer horror films. Hammer was sort of like a company that made um, horror movies in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And if I'm correct, there's some movie, because Christopher Lee played Dracula in all those movies. And there May was one that was, absolutely, yeah. And there was there was one that, uh, one movie that, um, it was supposed to be contemporary. So, like, it took place in, like, 1978 or something. And it was like Dracula was alive in the 70s which at that time was mm. modern so i don't know maybe that's where they got the idea of having like a modern or futuristic dracula that's interesting yeah that that there might be something to that will well now we're going to move on we're going to play the last track of the day from aria of sorrow too bad we'll have to leave this but we're actually going to move on to maybe my favorite soundtrack of the day so the last track from aria of sorrow again composed by michiri Yamani. the other two composers didn't do a lot she did she was the primary composer uh this track is called don't wait until night here we go You guys are listening to Don't Wait Until Night from Aria of Sorrow. This is rocking. Yeah, she's really rocking the GBA here harder than most other composers were ever able to. I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. You have a bass sample, drum sample, two string samples, uh, if maybe even an additional instrument all at the same time. So she's definitely splitting up those, you know, having two different notes, you know, having to be, you know, created with one sample. She's really doing creative techniques to make this feel so lush. But yeah, you're just, again, you're kind of forgetting the limitations here and you're just enjoying a rocking piece of video game music. What's cool about this one too is that, you know, uh, Yamane is the like celebrated arranger for this version of the song, but 
this was a you know I don't know if this was I think this was an uncredited uh, track from Haunted Castle, which was the arcade predecessor for oh really uh, for Castlevania. Yeah, it's you use a sword. It's side scrolling. It's way clunkier than Castlevania, but interesting. Context, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's actually the context is really cool for uh, Aria of Sorrow because you're fighting, you're playing um, Soma Cruz, and you're fighting Julius Belmont. So well, what's the this, name of that arcade game? It's Haunted Castle. Uh, but it's extra cool because, you know, you're fighting a Belmont and here they use this classic Castlevania track from earlier in the series as sort of the boss mm, music well, for a Belmont. Yeah, it's funny. This this part right here was used in the original Castlevania. Uh, I, I forget which level it ended up being used for, but I I, I think they, they, they did use that. Um, yeah, that whole section reappears. I can't remember the exact track, but... Yeah, well, the composer of uh, Haunted Castle uh, is, I guess it looks like it's Kenichi Matsubara. So that's who is potentially the original composer of this piece of music. Interesting, that's awesome. Tim. Yeah, I, I really is, know I love this track. I think this is very tasty, almost like a, a tasty box of nerds candies. What do you guys think? That is right on. I think right it's like green on. apple nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about it as we were listening to it. And once it got into the meat of it, it's like, you know, this tastes oh, this more is like nerds. a sweet, like fruity kind of candy. Well, I just got a taste of grape nerds in there, actually. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Ooh, I mean, I might have to accurate. disagree philosophically, but you know, <laughs> to each their own opinion. You would disagree, yeah, you know, in the sense that you don't like grape nerds or that Actually, you don't agree. I love grape nerds. They may okay. be my okay. favorite nerds. Guys, can I admit something? I don't know if I know the difference between the different nerds flavors. I feel like it's just nerds. Can I admit something? You guys are my favorite nerds. Oh, Aww. get out. Get out. Yeah, I still prefer the grape All nerds. All right, now we're going to move on. To another sorrowful game, and we're going from Aria of Sorrow to Dawn of Sorrow. And this came out for the DS, and this might be my favorite soundtrack of the day. It was composed by Michiro Yamani as well as Masahiko Kimura, and it was pretty much split 50-50. And I can't really decide who I like better as far as, you know, who did better work on the soundtrack. It was a great collaboration. We're going to start off with Michiro Yamani track. This is A Fleeting Respite. guys are listening to a fleeting respite a beautiful track that is fairly different than most of the tracks you're going to hear in today's playlist from castlevania dawn of sorrow which came out for the ds and which was a collaborative soundtrack it was released in 
2005. It's worth noting that while we're recording this, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, and it is Back to the Future Day. So happy Back to the Future Day to Tim and Will. Yes, yeah, speak- right. Speaking of nerds and speaking of the future, um, yeah, what an exciting, what an exciting week this is. Yeah, because uh, a couple days ago, um, the new trailer for Star Wars: The Force Awakens that's came true. out, and that's definitely been on the forefront and the back front of my mind, and. I think I can't contain my excitement, and I definitely can't wait until no, December. No, I can 18th. tell everybody that he cannot. He cannot contain it. Uh, I couldn't fall asleep on Monday. I just I couldn't fall asleep. Tim, what are your thoughts on this track and this game? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Donna Sorrow, and uh, I think that Arya Sorrow and Donna Sorrow end up being considered like two of the best portable Castlevania games by fans. Sure. Uh, Donna Sorrow, of course being ds like dawn of sorrow they right. did that convention a lot uh this this song i can't place it in the game but uh i think it's pretty early on in the soundtrack at least yeah i feel like it might be used for some sort of background music for yeah. some dialogue or something these these games were a little bit more story heavy than than the okay. other ones and this is a good job of sort of setting the setting the mood Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's a nice change of pace. Well, I'm excited to get into something that's a little bit more par for the course. And actually, the next two tracks we're playing from Dawn of Sorrow were composed by the wonderful Masahiko Kimura, who did a wonderful job. Let's take a listen to Pitch Black Intrusion. That's a strong melody right there. You guys are listening to Pitch Black Intrusion from Dawn of Sorrow, and this is composed by Masahiko Kimura. Yeah, this is another one that reminds me of older video games and older horror games. It actually um, kind of reminds me of the um, the ghouls and ghosts or the ghosts and goblins. Ghouls, ghosts and goblins theme. It has kind of some similar intervals, um, oh, similar sure. melodic movement to that. But oh, this is just a strong. It just has a lot of confidence. To yeah, it. I mean, I, I don't think there was any influence uh, from Castlevania on uh, Ghosts and Goblins. I think it's a completely original <laughs> idea, um, and no, no cross pollination, no influence. No, absolutely not. Everybody can agree with that. That's right. This is such an awesome track, especially since this place takes place, uh, or it's the music for the Lost Village, which is the opening stage of Donna Sorrow. So it sort of comes out of the gate swinging. This song is so confident in its drive, uh, and mm-hmm. it just sort of comes out saying, like, hey, you know, you're playing a Castlevania game. This is a reminder. Um, and the opening tracks in many Castlevania games just end up being this awesome outset for an adventure, and this is Absolutely. among the best. So good. Isn't that ever true? You have the good theory about the first tracks in Castlevania games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, there really is something to be said about the first level of a game. I, 
it's really it's unlike anything that exists in another medium i mean i guess you could equate it to maybe like the first chapter of a book or the opening scene of a movie but it's not quite the same thing where like with a game there's this sort of expectation that you know everything cool about this game to some degree is going to be presented in the very what first about level. the opening number of a musical does it is it i feel like it's kind of similar to that kind of establishing oh what's the tone going to be of this in sure yeah I, I think that i think that's fair to say yeah that's a that's so, a pretty good comparison so guys we have to decide what candy is pitch black intrusion well since it has black it's almost like a crow like the crows like the dots the black licorice dots oh See, I was interesting thinking, yeah either black licorice or a tootsie roll or something like that but oh tootsie rolls i love me a good tootsie roll no guys i don't know about you but i think black licorice is absolutely pointless i'm really? actually getting more into black licorice as i get older there's some weird like scandinavian what's candies wrong that are what all about, wrong with like, you, salty black licorice <laughs> i, I kind of like it i think it has like this barely root beer kind of flavor to it i I enjoy black licorice. Guys, I also don't mean to uh, to take the wind out of your sails, but I think Ghosts and Goblins might predate Castlevania by exactly one year. So, holy it, moly, it might have just well, been. Uh, well, I mean, well, I mean, technically, my sarcasm my sarcasm can be read as just pure <laughs> earnest remarks. What Will said was actually true. See, that's what's so it's great true. is even when we quote make a mistake, we still never actually are wrong. That's like Conan O'Brien logic. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a comforting blanket of sarcasm. Well, I apologize. Well, guys, I couldn't be more excited to move on to this week's track of the week. It is the last track we'll play from Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, and this was also composed by Masahiko Kimura. This is a wonderful track. It just has a 10 out of 10 intensity level. It's just very energetic and in your face, and when you're playing this game, this is just going to amp you up. So let's take a listen to Into the Dark Night. This rocking track is Into the Dark Night from Dawn of Sorrow. I guess this feels like this could also fit Batman in some ways. <laughs> this is composed by Masahiko Kimura. Guys, before we talk about the music, I think we can all agree what candy this is on three. One, two, three. Reese's! No oh, oh no are you kidding me? Me and Tim thought of the well, same candy. Well, I mean, That's because awesome. Reese's cups are the best candy, so it's yeah, the exactly. going to be the best candy, right? Absolutely. We're, to, we're totally in agreement on that. Good. Uh, I always enjoyed Fun Dip myself, but I'll agree to disagree. No, Reese's is the best. Chocolate and peanut butter, great. Yeah. So uh, what I was going to say is just like much like a Reese's, which hits you with, with 
taste sensation after taste <laughs> sensation. <laughs> By the way, we have no sponsor for t- today's events. We just wanted to let you know to uh, those of you listening at home, bite into a delicious chocolate peanut butter sensation <laughs> of a Reese's peanut butter cup. You could hearken back to, with Castlevania in mind, to those old 90s commercials for Reese's where it's like there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's and a vampire yeah. sucks out the peanut butter from the inside. Imagine oh. Dracula doing that. Uh, Perfect. But this one, this this track, obviously a boss theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyone who steals the peanut butter out of my Reese's, I will stab in the chest with a cross. Like I in think, the heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's gonna come that's back what, every year to take. Your I won't even back. ask if you're a vampire. Like that's just immediate. You have to use your your licorice whip to uh, to Ooh. vanquish him. <laughs> Carl's Looking can be good. you know cherry li- licorice, and you know Tim and I can go Thank with you. the traditional black. You guys licorice. are insane. I can't believe you like black. No, I, licorice. I like you know Twizzlers to be cherry, but you know sometimes you have a good black licorice, whatever. Just to remind you is... that you can feel. <laughs> it is. It is more <laughs> fitting for Halloween. That's true. That's a very you know like medieval European kind of sentiment of just like yeah. inflicting pain on your taste buds. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to move on from that wonderful soundtrack into another wonderful soundtrack. This is Portrait of Ruin. Now, this was an interesting collaboration because this was Michiro Yamani and Yuzo Koshiro. Really awesome to get him on the series you know because he's composed a lot of music that is so reminiscent of castlevania when you think about some of the act razor music a lot of people uh, kind of you know maybe criticize it as being a ripoff even of castlevania i mean most people love it's a critically acclaimed score but you know some of the music he's written gets so close to you know this kind of a sound uh, I mean, what really, are you going to do? Some He's of a that, hack. I mean, that's that's just, you know, you get No, what you no, get. no. I'm, I'm just saying some of that comes from just, you know, <laughs> the classical influence on video game music is is all over the... It's not just Castlevania, but it's so great to finally get him on the series. Well, I think so also we're gonna, what's good is good, you know? I mean, I think right. the, the Castlevania style, if you want to put that in quotes, um, is really like striking a pot of gold. And I think the world is a better place for having something like Act Razor and a better place for having... Uh, Portrait of Ruin. So we're going to play two tracks today from Portrait of Ruin. The first track is a Yuzo Koshiro composition. This is Dance of Sadness. Here we go.
What a wonderful piece of music. This is Dance of Sadness, composed by Yuzo Koshiro from Portrait of Ruin, which was also for the DS just a year later. This came out in 2006. They're really cranking out wonderful Castlevania games. This is also a critically acclaimed game, Portrait of Ruin. Uh, what a strong way to start off, uh, you know, talking about this game musically. Tim, what were some of the things about this track that really resonated with you? Well, I think that the orchestra hits really resonate well with me and yeah. uh, remind me of, of Act Razor. Uh, it's there's it's a little bit punchier, you know. I feel like classic mm-hmm. Castlevania is a little. It's got this sort of like fluid state to it, whereas you know Koshiro just kind of puts these musical punches in there, and it, I think it fits like the atmosphere of in the in this part of the game, you're you're fighting a pair of like you know young girls who were turned into vampires by this vampire. Of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, naturally. And it I think it just kind of fits that vibe pretty well. There's like a little bit of a playfulness to it, but always it has fangs, you know, literally. Absolutely. Yeah, I took a fugue writing class last year, and so we listened to, you know, a lot of Baroque music, people like uh, Bach and Pachelbel and stuff. And I, I think what's kind of cool about a track like this is harmonically it you know it, it feels very much in line uh you know this kind of minor key piece with a lot of uh secondary dominance which just means kind of uh a lot of major chords in an otherwise uh, minor key i guess to simplify it um so you know chord wise this really does feel like classic kind of baroque music um, but also, you know, melodically and with the whole instrumentation, it really feels more contemporary. And to me, that's striking the balance of yeah. Castlevania is, you know, having kind of the chords that maybe feel um, a little bit more classic. And I, I really think one of the reasons they always go for the Baroque era is I think they're trying to um, capture the feeling of organ music. Because when I think of sort of sure. cliche horror in a castle i think of you know this very dark dramatic music being played at an organ and so i think they're trying to evoke that kind of harmony but doing it with a rock band yeah you could imagine this being played you know on an organ beside a silent film screening of nosferatu or something (laughs) absolutely but i mean of course with an electric bass naturally absolutely Awesome. Well, now we're going to move on to a track that was composed by Michiro Yamani. So we're going to do one and one here. So it's nice that we're able to feature a track composed by each composer. Uh, This is Crucifix Held Close. This is really rocking. Let's take a listen to this track from Portrait of Ruin.
Holy moly. You guys are listening to Crucifix Held Close, which is actually another track from Haunted Castle. So that means it was composed by Kenichi Matsubara, who's actually a very awesome composer who not only did that Haunted Castle, but he worked on Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. He actually composed Bloody Tears. Amazing so this song. is a legendary uh, composer. So Tim, talk a little bit about uh, this track and maybe maybe a little bit more about how this differs from the original version. Yeah, you know, I reminds me it has a much more like electronic feel to it um yeah you know and and i think that that fits the system really well uh it it also the way that they used it you know in haunted castle i think it was the intro stage which is like a graveyard and they've transposed this to be for the backdrop of this sort of i think you're outside of like you know dark academy like some 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 building, some school, or something like that that's like dilapidated and it's constantly right. raining and it just it, it fits the tone really, really well um, in a way that a classic Castlevania song uh, does. Absolutely. Well, that's that's a wonderful soundtrack, but I gotta say, it's, it's time to move on to the last soundtrack of the day. And this was one that really blew me away. Um, this was one that I had a lot less experience listening to than the others. You know, like even on that first episode seven, I'm pretty sure we played stuff from Aria and Dawn and Portrait, if I'm not mistaken, you know, among others. But this is one, Order of Ecclesia. For some reason, the name is less familiar to me and the soundtrack was definitely less familiar, but I was very impressed with this soundtrack. Tim, what is your experience uh, with this game, Order of Ecclesia? You know, Order of Ecclesia, as I look back at the handheld Castlevania games, it's the one that I'm most fond of. Um, really? I don't know if it's because it's the most recent one I played because it was the last of the six to come out across okay. the GBA and the, uh, and the DS. You know, this is the last game that koji igarashi touched that was this is the last castlevania game that released in the style of symphony of the night Um, okay and it just is also known for being incredibly challenging probably the most challenging of the six in my opinion well i'm really excited to play four tracks from this wonderful soundtrack let's start off with a track called jaws of a scorched earth and this score was composed by machiro yamani and yasahiro ichihashi You guys are listening to Jaws of a Scorched Earth, really a departure musically from most of not only the series, but if we're talking about this kind of era of the series, it's it's a lot more jazzy. It starts off 
uh, very jazzy, and then it gets a little bit more kind of uh, dark and somber as it goes on. But this score was composed by Michiru Yamani and Yasuhiro Ichihashi. Uh, Will, what did you think about this one? I think this is great. I really like the kind of harp, the harp line, the debu 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 yes. debu debu debu. I think it's really catchy. Yeah, I'm excited to continue listening to the rest of the soundtrack because, like you, oh, Carl, yeah. this is one that I was completely unfamiliar with. So, I mean, it's great to hear Tim that this is actually one of your favorite games in the series. So that's awesome. And I believe really this good. is a this is an early piece of music in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think like we were saying, uh, we were lost in the chewy caramel and peanut center of a Snickers bar. <laughs> Obviously, it's it, it is a chewy chewy uh, track. It's it's interesting. This one feels like it would have been more at home in the Symphony of the Night soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it just sort of has that sort of. It's taking its time. It's sort of tempting players, I think, to explore a little bit more. Just the pace is a little bit slower. Well, especially so. the beginning of the track, the bump 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 bump. The jazziness kind of reminds yes. me right. of Symphony of the Night. But I think we can all agree that this is definitely Snickers because it, it satisfies. Snickers does satisfy. <laughs> yeah, you're not yourself when you're hungry, actually, guys. No. So, uh, yeah, and we actually, this is a good time. We want to take a break and talk to you guys about Snick. No, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. But I think this actually is a good time to maybe just quickly talk about what each of us are up to. We'll start with you, Tim. What, what's been going on with you lately? Are you, you know, going to any cons? Yeah, man, or... you've really changed. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on with you, dude? You know, I'm getting really into some experimental drugs, just stuff you guys <laughs> haven't even heard of. Oh, no, wow. oh I've heard of it. <laughs> it's uh. It's been a busy time for me. Uh, it's review season over at Game Informer, but Oof, besides that, um, found time to play through the entirety of Dark Souls One uh, over at Game Informer. We did a nice. now a super replay of that. That's on YouTube now. Had a lot of fun with that. So uh, if people are into Castlevania and that sort of dark fantasy vibe uh, and aren't familiar with Dark Souls, um, they should check it out. At least see us play a little bit of it. Uh, beyond that, you know, um, just playing video games and um, and uh, having a good time. Getting well, ready for and, Halloween. And, and- Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it it wasn't that long ago that you took over for the Game Informer podcast, so I imagine that takes a lot of your time, and, uh, you know, it's another huge responsibility. Yeah, so it's it's also been, you know, awesome to do a weekly uh, video and audio podcast, which is, uh, we use some of uh, Carl's awesome man rock music. Yeah, um, I'm honored. Sort of your uh, rock man and forte, mega man and bass sort of yeah inspired, my homage uh, yeah it's uh it's fantastic and uh yeah, i think naoshi naoshi mitsuda would be proud i think oh, so too and we you. get we get compliments and requests to find out where that music's from all the time so it's uh, oh that's great it's to fun hear. To, to be able to to nod in your direction but uh, what about you guys what have you been up to will what about you man oh yeah things have been uh getting pretty busy here uh you know composing a lot uh writing a lot of music um uh, playing a lot actually like I think I mentioned this earlier I'm, I'm taking organ lessons this semester and that has just been a lot of fun um, but you know it takes a lot of practice because uh, um, you know when you play piano you know you use two hands um, and so oftentimes you're multitasking and you have to split your brain in half and this hand has to do one thing and this other hand has to do another task uh, but with the organ it just becomes all the more complex because you have to use your feet to play sort of the bass part on the pedals and then oftentimes you're changing between uh, the different keyboards so uh, they call them manual so maybe I'm playing the melody on the lower keyboard and the chords on the upper keyboard and then I'm you know playing stuff with my feet and sometimes that can get a little confusing but it, it's so much fun and I don't know it, 
it's like this feeling of, of power because, you know, the organ is such a loud instrument and with all the different varieties of sounds, it really feels like you're sort of commanding an orchestra at your fingertips. Carl, I think you would really like it and you'd probably be good at it, you know, since you're a drummer and being able to do that multitasking. I mean, I like, I definitely like playing organ. I like playing B3, so I can only imagine that I would, uh, you know, like to play the real deal, I guess, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's almost Halloween time, so you guys should really master the organ so you can play the <laughs> accompanying soundtrack at like an old movie theater or something like that. Just playing like Phantom of the Opera. That'd be so fun. Well, you know, there's you got to do some eventually some some Castlevania covers. Like I'd love to hear that Rainbow Cemetery on on organ. That would that'd be really cool. I will break sure. down the door and and I will be there. Uh, but <laughs> of course, awesome. I, actually, maybe I won't break down the door because I don't want to screw up the acoustics to ruin the music. No, but, that would actually be a really big problem if you did yeah. that. <laughs> well, I think now it's time to keep going on. Uh, Wait, Carl, I guess... what about you? <laughs> oh, you know. Um, I actually, no, I, I have been You have an album to plug. Yeah, tomorrow, if you guys are listening to this on the day this comes out, tomorrow I release my album called Tone Bank, which is an original album that I recorded all with an old Casio CT655 keyboard, which was the, the keyboard we grew up with. It's from so, the know, late 80s. It's what everyone's been waiting for and asking for yeah, it's, repeatedly. It's a keyboard from the late 80s um, that you know, I learned how to really play music on. So it's kind of this full circle album where it's kind of going back to what I learned and now making a new album on it. It it was a very nostalgic and kind of, um, really meaningful album for me. So I'm excited about that. I think Uh, it's a really cool idea. That's awesome. I can't wait to listen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. So that'll be available, um, tomorrow on our Bandcamp page. And then other than that, as far as video games go, I've been playing a lot of Yoshi's Woolly World and having a great time. It's a great game so fun it's really fun it's it's you know pretty easy i guess as you know most nintendo games nowadays are but i don't have a problem with that because i don't play those games for challenge i just play them for for fun and to kind of escape uh and to enjoy the the style of it and musically i'm really happy with uh what tomoyo tamita did on that soundtrack because it's this combination of really cutesy and simple some of the most simple and cutesy music of the whole yoshi series mixed with some very jazzy and funky stuff and that combination i think is is pretty effective so i've been enjoying that it's a delightful game how far in are you i'm pretty far i think i just got to world six which is i think one of the last worlds so have you been scanning your amiibos to get alternate uh, yoshi costumes i don't have any amiibos i got all the amiibos amiibos. it's you gotta borrow all will's amiibos and you can get a a yeah, Yoshi with I'll, a uh, mustache on its nose. I'll do that. Oh, I want to get the yarn Yoshi amiibo. That thing looks adorable. It really is. I imagine it is. Well, guys, I think we'll move on to... We have three more tracks to play from Ecclesi- uh, Order of Ecclesia. So now we're going to move on to a wonderful track called Sorrow's Distortion. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Sorrow's Distortion from Order of Ecclesia. This is a really rocking track. I'm a really big fan of the synth lead. It's so shredding and just really badass. And this is one of the times when the DS can really sound just like recorded music because the sample rate and the quality is so high. Uh, so really, this just sounds like a synth that you would hear like a live, you know, jazzy fusion rock band playing. Live. It's just, I don't know, this is great. Carl, I feel like you mentioned, you know, like 70s prog rock before. Yeah. And this reminds me of like Goblin or something to a certain mm-hmm. extent, you know, like I just feel like it's it's evoking things like that. And it, for context, you're fighting a, a dude named Albus. So you're fighting a guy who like, I, I believe if I remember right, you're fighting someone who you thought was on your side or something comes okay. up and you guys have to battle um, just to kind of set the tone. So it's extra epic. Well, kind of like how Carl and I have to battle every single week before Absolutely. the episode comes out. Oh, what, what song plays when you guys have to battle? <laughs> It's actually this. It's just it's pure rage. Concentrated rage. It's always which, the What song. candy does that translate to, Carl? Yeah, which candy does rage... Tra- For me, it's going to have to be black licorice, guys. Oh, that's <laughs> too bad. You know, I'm going to have to say that I don't want anything to do with Laffy Taffy, especially banana-flavored. It's just... Oh. It's ah. not that I hate it. It's just not really doing anything. Yeah, for me, rage is a milk dud because you think it's going to be tasty because it's like... The, the thinnest layer of chocolatey coating. And hmm. I think I'm getting a mouthful of chocolate. Well, guys, I'm getting a mouthful of toothache and just the thinnest you know, film of chocolate. Oh, man. Hmm. Interesting. You know what? Whatever the scariest track, I don't even know if there's been a lot of really scary tracks today, but whatever the scariest track was, I think that would probably be that really creepy homemade candy that you used to get when you went trick-or-treating where you're just like, okay, that's going right in the trash. <laughs> right. With a little like twist tie <laughs> <laughs> covering it. Yeah. This is definitely poison. It's funny how some things never change because uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld did a bit about yeah. that type of candy. It's funny. You listen to his Halloween bit, which is like a really old bit i think he used to <laughs> do in the with, 80s and it's no different candy when he's talking year. about like his own childhood and it's like that's exactly what it was like for me when he yeah. talked about the staple on the cheap halloween mask and everything and having to wear a winter jacket and stuff yeah god well, some guys, things never change i'm excited to move on to this next track this was a tough choice this is i think one of the strongest tracks of the entire day this is a wonderful piece probably my favorite from ecclesia uh, i'd be curious to hear tim's thoughts on this this is an empty tome from Order of Ecclesia. You guys are listening to an empty tome from Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. This was composed by Machir Yamani, this particular track. Um, and yeah, it's just really one of the standouts of this game. I'm, I'm looking on here and it says uh, it's heard in the introduction of the game as well as the entrance of Dracula's castle. Perfect. Uh, it's just so good. I love when it gets harmonized. Tim, what do you what do you think about this track? Yeah, it's just that bass line just does not stop. Uh, and I think <laughs> that's like the one thing that's 
separates a lot of these Castlevania songs from one another is like you can say what you want about the driving melody or the uh, the, the percussion or whatever, but that bass line is like really what ends up like syncing up with like your footfalls and stuff, and it just I think it's just what kind of ekes you along. And well, Tim, you make a great point because the bass line is what makes it video game music really the only thing that's not even close to being authentic to classical music is how active and funky (laughs) that bass line is is. funky it's funky if you want to kill dracula i also think (laughs) the chords for this one just feel kind of a little bit more par for the course rock kind of dorian thing i guess um, but Ugh, yeah, I so love good. this melody. I think this is so much fun. <laughs> Something I really got a kick out of, uh, you know, um, in the sort of intro when the it's just vamping on the chords and you have that that pans across. I don't know. That really put a smile on my face every time that came so up. So good. Before we wrap up, I just want to say, like, this is a cool one because I, as I was listening to it, I'm like, this one sounds familiar. I wonder if this one started from an earlier Castlevania game. And then, you know, I look and, and they've reused it in um, a couple other Castlevania games since Order of Ecclesia came out and i love that the castlevania series was always open to like calling back to old tracks and i think it did so in a way that some other series don't you know it wasn't common in like mario or zelda games to use the exact same track for a long time they would sort of nod and quote uh previous songs but this just leans into it and just says hey this song was great let's update it when i think early early on too you know castlevania 4 has like remixes of music from castlevania 1 2 and 3 in its final stages so i i totally agree that kind of ahead of their time for quoting um you know themes yeah. from the game. Well guys, I'm excited to move on to the last track of Order of Ecclesia, last track of the day. This is Lament to the Master. It's another really good proggy track that's also in 6/8. It just has a lot of energy. It's a great high energy way to wrap up the playlist. Let's take a listen to Lament to the Master. You guys are listening to Lament to the Master. This is such a rocking track and really a good way to wrap up this wonderful time. Guys, I had such a blast listening to this music and talking about it with you guys. We want to thank Tim for joining us today and we want to thank all of you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this and we hope that everybody has a very happy Halloween. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, me by, guys. I, especially, you know, wrapping up with Lament to the Master is sort of weirdly appropriate. Uh, if you have a a goblet of wine handy while you're listening to all this Castlevania <laughs> music. You know, pour a little bit out because Konami just isn't what it used to be. Uh, mm. You know, the the company's moved away from AAA game development and the creator and 
producer of you know all the games that we're we're talking about here like Igarashi has moved on since to yeah. make a spiritual successor like we mentioned before but basically if you're not into pachinko machines the future of the immediate future of Castlevania doesn't seem super bright right. uh, doesn't mean it's hopeless or anything but you know, we, it's good to look back and reflect on these awesome tracks and these awesome games uh, it, in the absence of great new ones. It's so interesting, things like uh, Mighty Number no. 9 and, you know, the, <clears throat> the that, I guess, quote-unquote Castlevania-esque uh, Kickstarter project that it seems that a lot of the companies that made these games, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, are no longer interested uh, in making them. And I think it's cool when fans are able to directly support uh, the game designers and the creators of these series um, to just make the specific content that they want. But it really is sad about Konami. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tim, we'll give you one last chance to plug if there's anything kind of Game Informer-wise that you want to tell our fans about. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to bring up is... um, you know, if you uh, if you've enjoyed this and the uh, you know you want to see more um, of me and Game Informer, uh, we have an Extra Life 2015 marathon starting at 8 a.m. on November 7th. Uh, that actually runs for 25 hours um, because of daylight savings time and stuff. Uh, but you know, cool. we just play games, we live stream, um, we'll do everything from you know we'll play Bloodborne, we'll play Call of Duty, all the way up to playing you know Jackbox party games and some old school multiplayer games and you can uh, donate in order to choose what games we play, or we'll have dumb hats that you can donate and make us wear. And, <laughs> and we have a lot of fun on Twitch and YouTube streaming this. Uh, so head over to GameInformer.com and, and check out uh, the the Extra Life 2015 uh, charity marathon for that's for children's specialty healthcare. So Children's Miracle Network stuff. Playing games and saving the world. Uh, well, that just sounds like an absolute better. win-win. That sounds like a blast. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Next month is Nintendo Month. So next Monday is going to be the first episode of that month. We're not going to give away what the topics are, but we are so excited for that. Once again, our Man, little... I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, once again, little order of business here. Uh, I do have an album that comes out tomorrow, so feel free to check that out. You can find all of our music, Will and myself, at supermercadobrothers.com. You can also find every single episode of this show. We do have a Patreon page. If you're interested in supporting us, we have some pretty cool rewards that were that uh, we unveiled uh, for the different tiers of that. So feel free to head on over there. Thanks so much for listening, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Tim, thanks again for coming on. This has been such a blast. we got to have you on again. Man, I Absolutely. love it. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I'm honored. Well, have a happy Halloween, everyone. Have a great week. Peace out. Peace out.